Father, we just come to you this morning and we thank you, God, that we can celebrate a faithful God who is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. You are faithful. So, Father, we come to you this morning. We just pour out our hearts before you. God, we just say thank you for what you've done for us. God, we say thank you for what you've done in our lives. But, God, this morning we just come humbly before you. God, we ask that as we hear your words spoken to us this morning, God, that you would open our hearts just to hear what you have to say to us. God, let us grow in you this morning as we hear your words spoken. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for this time together as your church. And God, we ask that you just speak to us through it. And we pray that you're glorified in all that we do. We love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 22. All right. Let's see if we can learn a little more from David. 2 Samuel chapter 22. I have a, a little uh, activity for you to do with your family this evening or sometime, and this afternoon would be a great time to do it. Get you a pizza or some nachos or something and eat popcorn and sit down together and watch a, a movie together called The Seven Days in Utopia. And after the movie's over, sit down and talk about it. Discuss the lessons that you learned there. And there's a website that you can go on and learn even more about the story and the truths found in the story. And then after that is over, and it's a really a good movie, it's a thought-provoking movie, you can sit down and watch the Cowboys beat the Vikings, which would be a good experience. All right. Second, that's, that's uh, Seven Days in Utopia. Seven days in utopia. All right. So in chapter 22, this is the song of David after, towards the end of his life, after he looks back at all the victories, all the problems, all the troubles he's had, and he puts together a song, and the song is a reflection of how he feels about God and what God has accomplished in his life. And in this song, you can see that David has transitioned from a position of the human weakness to the position of, of the divine strength, God's strong, God's strength. And, and he's transitioned. He no longer is trusting in himself, but he's firmly and fully trusting in God. And he goes from a place of insecurity to a place of security. Okay? So let's begin today with verse 21. He sings, The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me, and from his statues I did not turn aside. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from guilt. And the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. Now those first four verses are very interesting when you think about the life of David. Was David perfect? Not a bit. Was David weak in areas? Absolutely. 
So how in the world can David now sing to the Lord a song that says, I did not depart from following you, that I was blameless before you, I kept myself from guilt, and Lord rewarded me for all of my righteousness. Now, one of the lessons that we learn from the story of David is this. We really have to let go of human reason, and we have got to consider the ways of God uh, through what God has said about himself, about God's character, about God's choices, about God's sovereignty and, and his, his desires. Because the ways of God is beyond us. And he does not treat us, he does not view us, he does not handle us in a way that we reasonably understand. Now, if I was God, it would be different. And probably you as well could say, if you were God, things would be different. But we're not. Thank goodness we're not. And God is God, and God looks down on people, and if people have believed in him, he views them as completely righteous. Righteous. He views us as clean. He rewards us because of our faith. He does not reward our perfection because there is no perfection. He does not reward the fact that we never make a mistake because we always make mistakes. He rewards us as a result of our belief and our responding to him with belief. So David experienced that God's ways and desires are very different than what we would normally understand to be the way it is. David teaches us that to be able to experience the life God has for us, we have got to bury, we have got to put aside many misunderstandings and many lies that we have adopted or learned or been taught along the way before God. And we have got to come to the place where even though it defies human reason, in God's eyes, we are right. We are righteous. We are clean in his sight, even though we make mistakes, even though we sin, even though we have committed uh, many failures and we continue to make mistakes. Now, it is a beautiful thing to recognize that I can fail miserably, I can sin, I can choose to be unfaithful to God, and God will still be faithful to me. He'll still be faithful to me. It is God's desire that we choose to be faithful to him as a response of what he's done for us, rather than an obligation. Rather than have to, he desires that we want to. And so David says, look, here's the deal. My relationship with God is a secure relationship. And my relationship with God makes me secure in every aspect of life. 
he says, man, I'm clean before God, and he's rewarded me for my cleanness. I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not wickedly departed from the ways of God. All his rules were before me, and from his statues I didn't turn aside. Before God, I'm blameless, and I've kept myself from guilt. I'm right with God. In his eyes, I'm right with God. In verse 25, he says, And the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you deal purely. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem tortuous. You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. And he says in verse 30, for by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. So David says, God replaced my insecurity, and he is sustaining me every single moment with security. Your insecurities, insecure about eternal life, insecure about who you are, Insecure about your relationship with others. Insecure about your relationship with God. Let's see what the scriptures have to say in the book of Romans about this security that we have with God. Let's look in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Now, what then shall we say was gained by Abraham? Our forefather according to the flesh... For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. So on our own, with human achievement, with human activity, with works, there's nothing to boast about. That's what the Scripture here says. For what does the Scripture say in verse 3? Here's what the Scripture says about Abraham. Abraham believed God... And it was counted to him as righteousness. Counted. That's a, a, a counting term, literally. That when you weigh the evidence, God chose, he selected, he deemed that Abraham was righteous. And not because of works, not because of who he was, not even because he was the chosen one to come and represent God and to make a great nation for the blessing of all the people from God. It says in verse 3 that Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. So being right with God, being clean before God, being without guilt before God is a result of belief. It's a result of trusting God, not of works. So belief is what pours into us this security. And so David transitioned from an insecure position to a secure position with God, and that was done by faith, by trust in him. Now look over in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
a transition from insecurity to security through belief in Christ, through belief in God, there's no condemnation. There was condemnation before faith, but a result of the faith is no condemnation. And then we look over here in chapter 20, uh, chapter 8, verse 28. And it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Okay, so that's the activity of God in us. God works for the good in all things, those who are uh, called according to the purpose of God. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And it says, And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So you can see here, predestined, past tense. Called, past tense. Justified, past tense. Glorified, past tense. So that means for us that in God's eyes, it's already happened. It's already taken place. We are called. We are justified. We are glorified. We are absolutely, unconditionally right with God through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. So, that says to us, we can live in security in knowing that all is well between us and God. We are right with God. Even though we fail, even though we sin, even though we make mistakes, even though we don't always get it, even though we wake up in the morning and we intend to do right, we intend to do the things that we know for sure God wants us to do, but along the way we make mistakes, we are still right with God. I thought it was very interesting yesterday, the commentary of the Kansas State-Texas game was talking about the Kansas State quarterback. And, and, and the, the, the commentator said it was an interesting conversation that the quarterback had, that the quarterback was struggling early in the year, but Kansas State, who beat Oklahoma, by the way, last week, came back, and Texas beat him yesterday, which was beautiful. And it, you see that coming along, and, and, and he said that he struggled at the first of the year because he was always looking over his shoulder, looking back at the coach, looking back at the next guy in line to play quarterback, and in secure as the as the quarterback of the team and finally the coach sat him down and said look you're our quarterback you're the one to go play I believe you're the best suited to be our starting quarterback and to lead our team so don't worry about it if you make a mistake I'm not going to pull you out if you throw an interception, we're going to get over it and we're going to move along. It's going to be okay. You just go out there and play like you're capable. We are with you. And according to the conversation with the quarterback and the coach, that changed the quarterback's complete outlook on the game. And since that day, he, play, he has played unbelievably well. He played well yesterday. And see, when we're set free, we're able to be who we are. When we're always looking back, we're not really truly who we are. It's just like if, 
if we're in a family, and in that family, we are required never to make a mistake. And if we make a mistake, we're no longer in good standing with that family. We're probably going to make a mistake in a short order because we're so consumed with not making the mistake that we're uptight and we're full of pressure and stress and, and we're going through life and it doesn't take very long because there's a condition on our relationship. We're going to fail. We're not going to be ourselves. And so the beautiful picture is, it's not one of religion. It's not one of man's way to be right with God. Rather, it's one of an unconditional acceptance and a relationship with Almighty God. We are completely, absolutely justified in God's eyes. The word justified means that we are right with God, and from God's perspective, it's as if we've never been wrong with God. That's a beautiful, beautiful picture. And so when we stand before the judge, and, and the, the charge is guilty, guilty of this sin, guilty of, of this failure, we stand before him, and the judge says, I, I condemn you, you are guilty. But we have our advocate, Jesus Christ, the paraclete, it says in First John, the one called to stand alongside of us, our attorney. And our attorney says, Your Honor, the price of the defendant's sin has been completely paid in full. And so the judge says, righteous, sins accounted for, justified. From that moment on, in the, in the final report, in the book of life, it is completely through faith in Jesus, we are completely, absolutely justified. And so we can enjoy life. We can have fun. We can go for it. We don't have to be panicking about measuring up. We don't have to be more religious. We don't have to be more zealous. We don't have to be something so that God will receive us. We're already accepted. And so we can relax and we can choose to love God, not because we have to, but because we want to. And that's what God desires from us. That's the beauty of love. That's the powerful relationship that God wants for us. Not so that we can be saved. We're already saved. Not so that we can improve our relationship with God. You can't improve on the relationship with God. But so that we can just glorify Him. And the beautiful thing here in this past tense tense of glorification, we've already been glorified in God's eyes. We already have become who God is at work making us to be. We've already become that in God's eyes. Insecurity. Take that insecurity that you perhaps might have and lay it out there beside the security of God and bury that insecurity. Guilt. Maybe you feel guilty about past sin. Maybe you feel guilty about something that you've done. And that guilt is just robbing you of joy. Take that guilt and lay it aside 
what God has done for you through Jesus. Understand that by belief in Christ, we are completely accounted as righteous. So where is that guilt? In God's eyes, completely unnecessary. And so we can bury that guilt. It does not need to just impact our world today. You see, what we have in Jesus is imputed righteousness. It's been placed within us. It's been given to us. Our right standing with God is not based on what we've accomplished, what we've done. It's based on God pronouncing us to be righteous. And it's his world. It's his creation. It's his plan. It's what he wants. It really doesn't make any sense to fight what God wants. And they'll go with it, accept it, to trust it, and to enjoy it. So, we get to live a completely righteous life before God. We get to live a life of cleanness before God through what Jesus has done for us. We get to live the very best of relationship with Almighty God. So that's the understanding that David transitioned to. David transitioned from, woe is me. David transitioned from, my sin is always before me in Psalm 32. David transitioned from, from being a man that harmed other people and hurt other people. But towards the end of his life, he began to realize who he was in God, that who he was and what God had accomplished for him, and that he was completely right with God through faith, not because he was a king, not because he was victorious, not because he was a warrior, not because he was a poet, not because he was a shepherd. He was right with God because he believed in him. And so the Lord rewarded him because of his faith. So we see David transitioning from a life of insecurity to a life of security. And that's the transition that God wants all of us to make. All of us to make. And so at the end of the day, we've got to come to the place where we take a look at things and we take a look at our perspectives and our understandings of how God is, and we've got to take the perspective that we have, the understandings we have, and those things that do not measure up with what God's Word has said, we throw them away. We bury them. And we take what God has said and we apply them to our life justified, righteous, sanctified in his eyes, glorified. We are right with God, and it's if we've never been wrong with God. That's what God has done for us, and that's what David discovered. Lord, help us to believe your word, to trust your word. Help us to grow in understanding of the great gift of salvation and eternal life and that righteous position we have with you. In Christ's name, amen. Ushers, please come.